Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, folks. Welcome back in. This is the Believe in Rams podcast. It's episode 135. I'm joined here by my co-host Cameron Lynch, who formerly played for the LA Rams, who they definitely could have used on Sunday. Uh, I had to do it, Cam. You know I had to do it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, just the ringing endorsement there. But, yeah, the, the Rams fell 27-17 to 17 to the Arizona Cardinals at home, and they also fell to 3-6 and six in the bottom of the NFC West. Uh, who would have thought, not me, uh, that this team that just won the Super Bowl this calendar year would be last in the NFC West? I didn't even think that was possible, Cam, after week one. So, uh, it, you know, a, a lot to talk about before we get into it. Be sure to uh, subscribe, like, rate, review, comment, all that jazz uh, really does help out the show and we appreciate it. And now I have an ad read from betonline.ag. Basketball is back and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf, head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Cam, we're going to start with the burning question, of course. That's how we start off our shows. Uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. So, with the burning question, what when is it time, Cam? When is it time to just wave the white flag, admit this season got away, and ultimately just play your young guys? Because right now, I'm asking this question. I'm not coming from the state of mind that they should do this, right? I'm not coming from the state of mind that they should wave the white flag. But I question, I throw that question to you because when is the time? Not saying it's now, but when is that time? Because it has to obviously, there is a time where you just wave the white flag and you're like, this season's over. So, yeah, I said, wave the white flag. I never give up, never back down, Jake. That's one thing. You know, I played for the Rams. I've been here before. Played, played at Syracuse. I've been here before. Um, never wave the white flag. And the reason why I say that is wins and losses, they don't define who the Rams players are as people, right? That's just, they're just having a, a tough season. But at the end of the day, you got, they have to finish strong. Um, I learned a lot, you know, through, through losses uh, in games. And so never concede, never back down um, and prepare for for next week. You know, I think we talk about this all the time. 24-hour rule, right? 24-hour rule. The Rams aren't doing well. The Saints are doing well either, right? So now the Rams have a chance to go beat up on somebody. So why not go beat up on the, on the Saints? Um, you know, never give up. And that's like that. Has, that should be the, the, the phrase, you know, for the Rams locker room. I, I know there's. Cooper Cup is hurt. You know, there's a lot of things that are going on, but you can't. They can't give up because the thing is, you have to take this momentum into the next season, right? What is that going to look like? What is this story going to be? Um, and, and for for athletes and for just anyone in general, have you always have the pin last? So 
Never give up. Don't be don't be three and you know whatever that is. Right. Make sure you get some more wins under your belt. At least get to five hundred if you are you know five hundred if you can, and you know break even if it's possible. But never give up. Never back down. That's that's going to be my phrase. And twenty four hour rule is in effect. So on to the Saints. Yeah, you know, and it's it's interesting, right? Because they, I actually want to kind of look at this last game. The way they finished it was actually positive, right? Because they, they mm-hmm. finished in the end zone, which I mean, you got to love that they actually were able to score at the end. I feel like the Rams are that team, no matter how good they are, when they get blown out. Because, like, let's be honest here, when McVeigh is bad, he's bad. Like, they're when they're at their low, they're at their lowest, you know. And so that's the thing is like I've seen a lot of blowouts with the Rams. It just feels like maybe it's just me. They never are able to score on those garbage time, you know, opportunities where the other teams in a different you know, scenario are. And so it was nice to see them get in the end zone uh, meant a lot to Van Jefferson. The fact that he mentioned that post game, you could tell that, I mean, that's a mental thing and that's a good thing. I mean, he broke down practically crying uh, in his dad's arms after the game uh, that just came out um, that clip from hard knock. So that that's a huge thing there. Um, you know, I and think the, getting the pass by Wolford too. I mean, the pass that he yeah. threw. I mean, that's and he might he awesome. might start this week. So you know, if that's your starter, it's good to end on a good note. You know, it's good for the offensive line. Hey, we blocked on that play that led to a touchdown. You know, we gave him the opportunity to do that. I think a lot of different. Uh, you know, things come into it. No, I mean, as a three and six Rams team, you know, that just won the Super Bowl, do we want to be talking about, you know, these moral victories at the end of garbage time? No, but this is where we're at and we have to be honest with ourselves. Uh, I liken this to the exact opposite. Right before the Rams went on their three game losing streak in what is coined no win November, uh, they, I had an issue. I actually, it's funny, I, I would, I would kill for that team right now. Because uh, they actually won the game, and I was complaining uh, live stream, and people were like, "Why are you complaining? Just like enjoy this win." And I'm like, "No," because I didn't like the way they finished the Texans game. Mm. You know, they dominated them. They won 38 to 21, but it was like 38 zero. And Sean McVay takes out all his guys. Uh, you know, like the beginning of the third, and I started to see something in that team. Like it was almost like, oh, we got this, like it's over. And like the the hard, the work ethic, the hard work, like wasn't there anymore. And Davis Mills is going down the field at will now. And they they score 21 points unanswered. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's no big deal. I'm like, that is a big deal because that's how they finish the game. So the Texans just got three touchdowns on this defense. I don't care who was out there, who was on the sideline. That is not good. That, that the momentum's gone. You you just blew a team out, and then you let them back into it. I understand thirty eight twenty one. You still won the game, but I just didn't like the vibes going into the Tennessee game. And then sure enough, we see the Tennessee game. That offense ain't kicking around Tennessee that next week, you know. And so it's somewhat translated, um, you know. And that now, it also let me, annoyed me. let me jump into let me jump into right yeah. there, Jake. Right, you mentioned it's not how you start; it's always how you finish. And we talk about habits, just building habits in general as athletes and as humans. If you let it slip, like imagine what when they wake up the next day, what's going to carry over some of those same tendencies like, oh, I got a little lax. Well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I got the dub, but I'm I'm still going to be a little lax. And 
it's showing. <laughs> it's showing. So all those bad habits and now have now accumulated to where we are now in three and six in the Rams. And so just finishing strong is extremely important, no matter what industry you're in, because building good habits, it, it breeds success. So sorry for oh, cutting yeah. you off there, but that, I think that's extremely important. No, you're you're right. And, you know, Cam, just watching this team, they came out with fire. They really did. I mean, the the first drive, great game plan, script, whatever you want to call it. And if Cohen is doing it, then Liam Cohen deserves the credit because that was a really nice job. Uh, they only got a field goal, which was like the issue. This has been the issue with this team. They've had drives and they just stall. And but that was a really nice game script. And to start off with a field goal is not the end of the world. You're up three nothing. Um, then the defense, you see the tackle immediately. You could see the animosity between Jalen Ramsey and you know DeAndre Hopkins. It is there. Those two yeah. do not like each other. There is a definitely a, new, a found respect for each other, yeah. but they do not like each other when they're you know on the field. And you saw that, you know, Ramsey had a really nice open field tackle, kind of set the tone early on, maybe threw him a little bit, you know, and it was like, I could see the fire in the team. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, they're going up against a backup quarterback. You know, at the same time, the offensive line is makeshift, just like the Rams offensive line. So it's like they were playing a mirror image of themselves and they still couldn't beat them. And, and, you know, the, the thing that bothers me is if you told me ahead of time, Cam, the Cardinals are going to win 27 to 17. I would have instantly knew why they abandoned the run. I mean, I would have assumed that the run wasn't possible, but when you have Daryl Henderson going for six yards to carry the first two carries of the game uh, that he has cam Akers is averaging 4.3. We'll take 4.3. If he's above four, we'll take it. So that's pretty decent. Why are you going away from running the ball? Why? Is John Wolford throwing 36 times, Cam? 36 times. Colt McCoy threw 37, and I don't know why he did that either, but Colt McCoy was throwing when they're playing the bend, don't break. So, I mean, these guys are open, you know? Mm-hmm. John Wolford is running the same offense that they were running with Matthew Stafford. I understand having confidence in him. We were confident, but we thought we were confident in the fact Sean McVay is going to be forced to run the ball and to only get 13 carries out of your running backs. Mm. There should be another word that is, is, you know, stronger than inexcusable because Mm. that was ridiculous. Cam. I I mean, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, wow, they're going to be able to run the ball on this team. Oh my God. I'd run the ball 50 times. Right. I I would run it until they made a a stop. Um, You get Higby going, you get Allen Robinson going once again, go away from him. Yeah. Uh, Skoranek got going. I liked what Sean McVay did early on was like, Hey, you know, John Wolford has had these reps with Skoranek. He has that familiarity. So yeah. let's put Skoranek out there for the first play of the game. Sure yeah. enough. You know, he makes a nice catch. I, I just, I don't get it. Like <laughs> at some point or another, McVay has to, and I, I you know what? I think it's going to happen at the end of the year. Unfortunately, it's going to be too little too late. But in the offseason, I think Sean McVay is going to sit down. He's going to watch every one of these games and be like, what was I thinking? And I think it's easy when you're, when you're in the whirlwind of the season to get caught up into just the whirlwind itself. And, like, you know, you kind of stray away from what you should be doing. And, you know, maybe you get a little careless. Maybe you get a little egotistical because you're like, whatever I did last year worked. And if I do the same thing, you know, it should work. But 
The problem is, and this is a serious problem, and, and my friend uh, Blaine, who writes for Turf Show Times, formerly with Downtown Rams, brought this up to me. Sean McVay adamantly went against any chance of him giving up play calling today in a presser. Okay? He is not going to give up play calling uh, despite the struggles. McVay's offense, according to EPA rating, has as many seasons in the bottom 10 of the league as it does in the top 10. So this is a high or low organization right now. I mean, this that's really what they are. They're either at their best or at their worst. And it's like when the Rams lose, they lose bad. They're not even close games. I mean, this game was 27 to 10. They got a garbage time touchdown. Yeah. So, you, you know, you're just at the point where like, Cam, you and I are saying, we're giving you the blueprint. Like, you know, obviously maybe we're not the, the offensive expertise, you know, that, that Sean McVay provides, but we're giving you the blueprint, run the ball, manage Wolford, have Wolford manage the game. Wolford should never be throwing 36 times in a game like that. Never. I mean, that was just poorly managed. And I, like I always say, I love Sean McVay to death. He is the one that has completely changed this organization around. I don't have to tell you that. I mean, you know that, but at some point or another, like you have to pass the sticks, like you've been yeah, saying. Pass the yeah, exactly. And I think what we're seeing is right. You mentioned at the beginning of the game, the Rams were cooking, right? Allen Robinson was going, Wolfer was going, and I think what Sean McVay did was he went back to his bad habits, the same habits. A lot of times when you know when when the stuff hits the fan, right? You go to what you're comfortable with, and that's the same offense that he that he's been running with Matthew Stafford. And so what I did like though is. The Rams started running some uh, play action pass. They had some sprint out and some rollouts. And I saw that Wolford was the best whenever he was rolling out, whenever he was on the run. And so the Rams, they started doing that later, later in the game. But beginning of the game, he's he's drop back passing. He's stationary. And I think one of the broadcasters was saying it is his accuracy whenever he's sitting still is not the best. You know, we talked about towards the end of the game when he, when he threw that touchdown pass, he was on the move. It was a more, I feel like for Wolford, um, he, had a lot, he had happy feet. You know, that whole game, he seemed nervous when he was in the pocket. His feet were just bouncing up and down. But whenever he was on the run, he was accurate, right? I think when the, when the the level of difficulty, when the pass difficulty got harder, he got better. And so what I think what Sean McVay's going to have to do is get away from those old habits, those bad habits, right? We mentioned that they were developed after that Texans game and, and Sean continuing to go down that same path of those habits. So change it up a little bit, right? Like whenever you feel like when Sean McVay, <laughs> one thing too is a real quick story between me and my partner, me and my lady. You know, whenever things get uncomfortable between my, me and my lady, we have we have a code word, right? Our code word is Beyonce is calling. Whenever we're uncomfortable, she loves Beyonce. I love Beyonce. Beyonce is calling. But when for Sean McVay, you know, whenever he's getting into that same habit of doing the same thing over and over again, somebody's getting that mic and say, "Hey, Sean, Beyonce's calling." Like, change it up. You know, let's figure out how we get Wolford comfortable in the pocket. You know, sprint outs, roll outs, and then get back to the run game. And so, that I think that's what it is. And so, the Rams have to break these bad habits because three game losing streak. Come on now, <laughs> something's got to change. That's insanity when you're doing the same thing over and over and over exactly. again. So I would love to see something different next game for sure. No, I agree with you. And you know, it, it's funny. John Wolford reminds me so much of a quarterback. I think you might've had a cup of coffee with 
Yeah. Austin Davis. Do you remember him? Yep. Yep. Sure yeah. do. <laughs> he, he was, he was there for the preseason and then they, they let him go. Uh, fun fact. I was like the biggest Austin Davis fan because right. he brought hope to an offense that didn't have much of it. But the thing about Austin Davis is that, you know, in 2004, which I know you were still in college for, um, during that time he was starting because they was him and Sean Hill, uh, you know, Bradford unfortunately suffered the injury in preseason. And so they, you know, they had move on. And, um, you know, Davis was just so much more exciting than Sean Hill uh, would get out on the move, would make he looked like a little like a, a, a poor man's Russell Wilson, honestly. Mm. And he had a game where he threw for 375 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and everyone after the game was, you know, clowning on him because, you know, he didn't get the win. Or, you know, against I think it was Dallas, he threw three touchdowns. Jared Cook dropped a, a fourth. And he threw an interception at the end of the game and everyone got on him for throwing the interception. But the thing about John, uh, the thing about Austin Davis is that during that time, the Rams running backs were not doing anything. This is post Steven Jackson. This is before Todd Gurley. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so in 2014, it's Zach Stacy and Trey Mason. And, you know, neither of them got going until after they took Austin Davis out of the lineup and they put Sean Hill back. So then everyone's like, see, this is why Sean Hill should have been starting. And I was like, no, they started running the ball better when Austin Davis was out of the, the game. When Austin Davis was in, they kept having him do these five, seven step dropbacks with no offensive line. And so he would get hit from his blind side and fumble or like, you see what I'm saying? So you know where I'm going with this is they put him in position to fail. Even though he had some great moments he still failed because they wouldn't let him just manage the game. You know, the fact that you can make those great plays is great, but it's great when you need it. They didn't need him to do that. They needed him to manage the game. They needed to put him in three-step dropbacks. It's a guy that made reads quickly, you know, and, and that's the thing with, with Wolford, you know, kind of tying this all together. That's all Wolford needed to, like, you get him out on the run, great, but like if you just throw bootlegs his way and rollouts and things like that, and then just hand off the ball to Henderson, Akers, Kyron, Kyron. you win this game easily. Yeah. I mean, this this should not even be have been close. Yeah. And how about Kyron though in the fourth quarter? I mean, and you've oh, been saying it. it, you've been saying on all of our podcasts, Kyron Williams is that guy. I think you tweeted something. They were doing some drills, uh, him and Cam Akers, and Kyron's like, oh, doesn't Kyron look better? And my man looked explosive. I mean, he was coming out of the backfield, catching the football, running through people. I'm like, ah, this this might be our guy. And also, too, going back to the other point about Henderson, I think he established the fact that he's the main chick. Like, let's not get it twisted. He's the main chick. Keep running the ball with him. And then Kyron, I think I think give Kyron a little bit more burn there. You know, I don't know yeah. how Kyron Baker's going to feel about that. But Kyron was looking explosive. And the Rams might need that. Wolford might need that. Have someone to dump the ball to. So, Come on, Rams. Let's go. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, Kyron was fun to watch towards the end of the game. He's the reason why I think a lot of people didn't just shut the game off, right? I mean, they're down 27 to 10, and now 23's in there, and it's just, you know, he's going out for a pass, and they run it with him. He gets nine yards. They don't run it with him again because, you know, they were down by a lot. So then they start, you know, using him in the passing game. He had 39 yards on four uh, touches. I mean, that's that's some good stuff right there, showing you his pass-catching ability. I mean, we already knew it. Uh, and this guy can help you in pass pro. He had some reps there. Look, I, I like John Wolford. I think there are a lot of people that were really soured by him in this game. 
Um, what I will say is now that you've lost this game, I do think you could justify starting Bryce Perkins. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I do think now, you know, the door has little like has been unlocked. Like if Sean McVay, you know, holds out Matthew Stafford, um, which I know everyone's talking about Kelly Stafford's podcast and, you know, the, the concussion thing. It's a little scary, right? I mean, you know, there, there's a chance that, you know, maybe Sean McVay's like, look, our offensive line is constantly, you know, pieces are coming in and out. You know, okay, you know, maybe we shouldn't throw out our franchise quarterback who's under contract for five years uh, behind a makeshift offensive line to maybe make the playoffs and instead give a guy like Bryce Perkins a shot who could be the future. Who knows? But I I would be for Bryce Perkins at this moment. I'm not against John Wolford. And I don't think it's fair for people to take this loss and put it all on him. Uh, He missed some throws and some of the missed throws did lead to injuries, but man, I know you're a defensive guy, but can Marco Wilson do a better job of not diving into cups, knee or leg like that? I just, I had an issue with that, but you, you tell me because you're a defensive guy. You got to bring down the guy any means necessary. I get it. The ball was clearly over his head. I felt like Marco Wilson, I don't feel like he did intentionally, uh, but I feel like he could have done a better job of not just taking out his leg like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's unfortunate, you know, when it comes to the game of football. Like, you know, things happen. It's the heat of the moment. Cooper Cup is the best receiver in the league. He wants to make a play. And he just positioned himself poorly. And a lot of times, too, like when you think about for the Cardinals team as well, they're like, hey, like, if we got a guy, you know, targeting targeting other players, like that can't be good because you you never know, right? That young man could be at the Rams one day, and the Rams would be like, "Hey, you're that one guy that took out our franchise receiver, and you always want to protect other people." So I think at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to players playing dirty, that's not the move, right? Like that's that's back in the day, like that's that old school stuff. But at the end of the day, like you want to be able to protect guys when he sees when he sees Cooper Cup in the offseason, maybe one day or at, at an event. Like I think an ap- apology is going to have to be apology is going to have to be due, whether it be through Twitter now, you know, social media now, a call, but you know, reach out to him and say, Hey man, like, you know, I- I'm going to do better. I- I'm going to do better. And that's, that's the only thing for defensive backs is just to do better players to do better to protect us, to protect each other. Cause a lot of times, you know, when it comes to the game of football in general, um, Jake, let's take the game of football in general. Moms and dads who are watching the game of football, they're watching Cooper Cup go down and like, ooh, I don't want my, my son playing football, my daughter playing football because of those injuries. And so to protect the game of football, the players have to protect each other. That's that's just period. And so that defensive backs have to do better and protect, you know, protect the guys he's playing against. And, you know, we talked about some of Wolford's throws. I mean, those throws, I mean, some, some of those throws were selling kind of high. And so I think... You know, like we talked about earlier is getting him comfortable in the pocket, which will be extremely important. Roll out passes some bootlegs so he can he can settle and, and make sure that his receivers are safe as well. Right. Um, I think that's going to be extremely important. I'm sure in practice this week, you know, the coach gonna say, hey, get that ball down a little bit so we don't have to have another another instance of the Cooper Cup or whatever that looks like. So it, it's going to be interesting. Um, and, and I also want to add this too. When it comes to Wolford, I think who is now more active is going to be Riley Dixon. The punter, a lot of times, people don't realize the punter can be an extension of the quarterback. A lot of times you're getting a, you're getting a fourth down, you're pinned, you're pinned in your own end zone. That punter, that punter can kick that ball and flip the field. And essentially it could be like a deep ball, a deep ball that's, you know, close to the goal line, whatever that is. And it's a fumble there, whatever. But the punter can be an extension of the quarterback. And so, 
I think we we talked about this last week, but Riley Dixon, he's going to have to make sure he's super healthy because Wolford and this Rams team, is gonna, they're really going to need it. They're really going to need it because if not, we're going to be doing the same things over and over again. We, we, we don't want Insanity. any more L's, Jake. We don't want any more L's, Jake. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, you know, it may not be realistic, but we want eight straight wins. I mean, that's, that's what we want. That, yeah. That's, that, that's not, maybe that's not the expectation, but I mean, that's what they need to do essentially to guarantee they make the playoffs. Cause I don't see anybody missing the playoffs at 11 and six, mm-hmm. uh, 10 and seven. You're, you're, there could be five teams that go 10 and seven this year. I it, like, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, that was probably the worst case scenario weekend for the Rams. Aside from Seattle winning, everyone won, even Washington won, which no one thought Washington was going to win. Taylor Heineke, though, Taylor Heineke. So I, yes. real quick, I played, I played against Taylor Heineke in high school. Now he won the Georgia offensive player of the year. And I won the defensive player of the year. He, he threw 300 yards against us, four touchdowns each game i mean the guy the guy is unbelievable old dominion he won uh, the heisman you know of that uh, of that conference people sleep on people sleep on taylor heineke but he's he's that guy he's him (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean you know he got the job done on the road in philadelphia for sure um you know, looking today, uh, you know, we're recording this on uh, a, a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday <laughs> this week. Um, so Monday it came out that Matthew Stafford was still in concussion protocol. Uh, the Rams, unfortunately, today if we found out that Alaric Jackson's out for the year. Uh, he suffered a blood clot uh, in his knee, I believe, or in, in his legs. So I hope he's okay. Prayers go out to him. Uh, Cooper Cup is going to have surgery, which is a four to six week turntable. Might not be a, a Cooper Cup season. He might be done, which is okay because, you know, if he is done, you know, great. Try, try to get other guys involved. This might not be your year. Do not put him out there if you are not fighting for anything you know what i mean so uh you know that that i don't mind i don't mind holding him out he will be back next year that was the best news that the rams could have gotten is a high ankle sprain because it was either that i was watching um you know brian Suter does these videos on youtube he is does incredible detailed videos on these injuries like spurred the moment essentially and he was saying how it could be like you know either you know, a hyperextension of the knee or like there were a lot of different things that came to it, but he was just hoping that wasn't a fibula injury because that could have been severe. Um, and what you don't want in that scenario is him missing any of next year. You're thinking he's no. done for this year. You don't want him to miss any of the off season next year, any of that. And uh, with this injury, he, he won't. So that's a good thing. Um, Kyron Williams, like you mentioned, looked really sharp towards the end of the game in his offensive debut. Chandler Brewer is going to be out four to six weeks. He played with a grade three MCL injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out to him. What a trooper playing through that. Wow. Um, but that is, that's all I have for the offense. And we don't have a ton to talk about with the defense. Cause I mean, while the defense wasn't great, I mean, the offense was so bad that the defense is still running that bend don't break. And it's like, what can you do? They came out in the second half. Raheem makes adjustments. Uh, you know, they, they play more man coverage and they give up the touchdown. You know, it's like, I, I mean, at some point, the offense has to be able to lift up the other two, uh, you know, factors of this game. I mean, the special teams like Sean McVay is the man when it comes to wanting to play, uh, you know, this, um, 
you know, what's the word I'm looking for? All three phases, essentially mm-hmm. playing all three phases, complementary football, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the exact opposite. And yeah. they're putting a lot of pressure on this defense, um, which they can't play their style. They can't put up points. They're not getting turnovers because they're playing that style. Uh, limited edge pass rush because Colt McCoy is getting rid of the ball in two seconds. Um yeah. You know, I just think that, you know, obviously the tackling on, on third and long was just inexcusable. Um, you know, the I, I forget who it was. It might have been David Long. He had a rough day. Mm, but, uh, yeah, it was it was not ideal. And it wasn't like it, it just wasn't, you know, reflective of what Rams football is supposed to be. Yeah. It wasn't their brand. And you gotta you gotta tip your hat off though to you know Colt McCoy. I mean he can't he went yeah. out there he went out there and he played he played the game that the Rams should have played right the way he was using DeAndre Hopkins early and often getting him ready to go and then you talked about it too you talked about um, your X factor Randall Moore the way that he used Randall Moore, the way that he used A.J. Green, like that's what the Rams should be doing. That should look like Cooper Cup compared to DeAndre Hopkins, right? And then you got your Allen Robinson compared to the A.J. Green. And then you got your, the other receiver other receivers in the Rams that could be like Randall Moore. But th- he did what the Rams should have done, what we talked about on this podcast. Like, no, he, like hey, we're listening here, right? James Conner. Yeah. Someone's listening to us. The Cardinals fans are listening, right? James Conner, he converted on first downs. That's one thing he really did. He he sorry, not on first downs, but he converted four first downs. A lot of those found the end zone. Like that's what the Rams should look like at this point in the season, right? Daryl Henderson should be like your James Conner. Like it's and so you know we're going to the Saints. We're going to the Saints. You know next week, this week coming up, and the Saints. The Saints defense, when it comes to Najee Harris, with the, how, how he ran against the Saints defense, that could be the Rams, right? And so, like you said earlier, stick to the run game. Get Allen Robinson active. Get Skoranek back in the game, maybe at fullback sometimes. Get Tyler Higby active. And, and let's let's deal. Let's deal. I think, you know, getting away from those bad habits, that's that's just that's just like the, the theme. Don't give up. Get away from those bad habits. That's That's what the Rams should focus on this week. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think obviously McVay watched a lot of football around the league, you know, copies, plays, things like that, which I love. Um, if he watched Washington against Philly last night, what did Washington do? They ran the ball. They ran the ball. They they ran it with a Memphis running back, not just Daryl Henderson, but also, uh, you know, he ran it. They ran it with uh, Antonio Gibson and they ran it with uh, Brian uh, Robinson, who I mean, we, we would need a whole podcast to just explain how freaking amazing that guy is. The fact right. that, I mean, he, he was shot multiple times this year and had a stint in the hospital. And now he's, he's running for touchdowns. Like he, he he's taken 20 care. How come a guy who was literally shot this year is getting more carries than healthy running backs on the Rams? Come on. A game. We'll wait. <laughs> I, I, there, there, there is, there is the, the social media clip. That is what, how is a guy who was shot this year getting more carries a game than the guys on the Rams that are healthy? Come There's on. no excuse. Come on. He, he's amazing. He really is. But regardless of, of all the, the amazing talk about him and everything, the Rams, I mean, we could call this podcast run the damn ball episode 136. I mean, you know, it's just, it, it, it's gotten to the point where it's like if they ran the ball as simple as it is, 
they might be five and four right now, Cam. Mm. You know, they might be five and four, six and three, because if you ran the ball, you had success. Let's just say they're average. If they ran at an average clip with the defense, the way it was playing coming into this game, there's no reason why they can't be right in the thick of the playoff race right now and not looking like, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to sit there like, you know, hopeful, uh, way too optimistic Homer Jake as a little kid on <laughs> NFL like the ESPN NFL, uh, you already know what I'm going to say, the playoff machine yeah. and try to concoct different ways to get the Rams in the play. I'm not going to do that this year. So if the Rams are out of it, like I'm not going to try and hope to God that they have all those crazy scenarios. We'll probably mention it on the podcast if that happens. Cause we, you know, we have to do our due diligence there, but no. Okay. Yeah. Run the ball, figure it out. Y- you have the saints. The saints are a beatable team. When you play even average football, they're a beatable team. Yeah. And then you have the Chiefs. And if you could beat the Chiefs, that would be a hell of a win. And it would push it could really push your your team in a, in the right direction. You, might, you don't you play the playoffs then. You beat the Chiefs, you yeah. already know. You might be running that machine. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden you beat the Chiefs and you're five and six, and you got Seattle twice, which is huge. Yeah. Huge to win those. And you don't play the Niners again this year. And you're playing, a, you have a, a bunch of games left at the AFC West. And look, the Broncos aren't good. The Raiders aren't good. The Chargers are probably the worst five and whatever team that I've seen. I mean, they're very beatable. I mean, that's the thing. That's the, that's why we're, we're talking about this because the Rams could win eight straight yeah. if they figure, if, if something clicks because they have the talent and the road ahead is not that difficult. And if you want to say, well, they don't have that many home games because they've already played six. I don't want them playing at home. They're two and four when they play at home. Mm-hmm. Who, who wants to watch this team play at home right now? Not like, right I, now. I, don't, I don't want to see that. Yeah. One of my buddies who plays basketball, he was texting. He's like, man, this, he doesn't really go to too many Rams game, but he's like, man, this isn't fun. I'm like, dang. And I wasn't, I wasn't able, I was able to watch the replay of the game you know, on the NFL plus app. Shout out to the NFL plus app. That's been amazing. But he was at the game. I was traveling. He's at the game. He's like, man, this isn't even fun, Cam. And he saw, and he, of course he saw my Instagram post, the NFL kickoff week, Bills versus Rams, Ozzy Osbourne performed. It was jumping, but he was like, man, this is even fun. And so when I when I saw that text, I was like, "Ooh, Rams ain't running the ball. <laughs> Rams ain't running the ball." <laughs> nope, nope. Yeah, it, it really it really comes down to that. As, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, you could say that they have a lot of different issues, but a lot of their issues would be corrected if they balanced out their you know diversified their uh, you know approach. I mean, it's like just putting all your eggs into the proverbial basket. And just spending all your money, all of your savings, you're putting into one stock instead of diversifying your portfolio. And that's essentially what they're doing. Put the money at, putting in FTX. FTX. That's what they're. That's what the Rams doing. Put the oh, money at FTX. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on and on and on about that. Poor Brady, man. man. That is uh, that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> oh man, no, we we really could, but. Yeah, I, I think really what it comes down to is I'm not saying we're we're the smartest people on earth and we have all the answers, but I mean, it doesn't take a genius to know that you should run the ball. You can say that the Rams don't have the running backs for it all you want. The numbers beg to differ. 
Uh, and then the offensive line, <laughs> this offensive line is so much better than it should be, despite the fact they've played, what, 10, 11 different. I, I think that that was their 10th different. And, and this week will be their 11th different offensive line they've they've used as a, a combination. That's mm-hmm. insane. And yet last week, they only gave up 15 pressures. The week before that, they gave 12 and then they gave up 10. So they've actually been playing decent. It's like they're not making use of that they got to take advantage of the fact their offensive line is way better than what we could imagine because they're just throwing things together and seeing what happens they have more injuries i mean you know we can sit here and say the offensive line's an issue but are we gonna blame the third stringers for them struggling i mean come on now man yeah yeah you're taking guys who, who didn't think they'd ever play in the nfl and now you're taking them off the practice squad and you're like all right you're starting for us tomorrow I'm mm. um, what? Like, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's literally yeah. at that point. Like, yeah. you, you know, next so man up. next man up. Yeah, it is. It's a next man up league. Um, you know, I commend the effort from the offense line. I commend guys like Allen Robinson, who could very well have made this a toxic environment. He, he took 15 million a year. He's a guy that's had 1400 yards. He gets a lot of flack from the fan base because why do we pay him? He doesn't do anything. But have you heard a peep cam out of Allen Robinson? Has he complained once? Has he said, I need to get the ball? We're losing. There was a guy, I won't mention his name, last year on the Rams who complained and literally ran his way out of town because he wasn't getting the ball. And that team was 7 and 0 oh, or 7 and 1. Mm-hmm. And this team's losing, and you don't hear anything from A Rob. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a team player, man, and that's that's what the Rams need, right? And we talk about finishing strong. You know, it, it's not over until it's over. And Allen Robinson, I, I believe he'll get his shine. I think towards the end of the season, if the Rams decide to use him like they did in the first quarter, Allen Allen Robinson, the Rams fans will be super happy with with his productivity and what he brings to the table. It's a great team guy, and that's what you want, and that's what you need. Well, now he's going to be the number one option with cup out for the foreseeable future. Hopefully we get some more Kyron Williams. They, they listen to our podcast. We'll get you guys ready for the uh, saints game. I, I understand you, you. We'll talk you off the cliff. Okay. Like we'll get you ready for the saints game. Yeah. We'll be back here end of the week here. And uh, that's going to wrap it. So appreciate you guys. Be sure to follow uh, at Cameron Lynch 50 at JK Bogan. And be sure to like, subscribe, comment, review, rate, all that jazz. We appreciate you guys. This has been episode 135 of the podcast. And we'll be back later this week to uh, help you guys get off that cliff. So run the ball, (laughs) run the ball, Rams. (laughs) You guys take care and we will see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.